and welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Whifford. Hey, hey. So today, we're going to be talking about Shadow and Bone Season 2, Episode 4, titled... Every Monstrous Thing. Every Monstrous Thing. And I think that's a very fitting title, given what we see in this episode. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> it really is every monstrous thing. So before we hop in anymore, I'm going to give out the typical reminders. If you want to get in contact with the show, you could send us an email, which is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram, which is at fantasyrewindpod. And Twitter as well, which is at fantasyrewind. All right, without further delay, Mike, let's dive into the rewind. Fantasy Rewind. All right, Dylan, every monstrous thing, your thoughts on this episode. Holy crap. <laughs> That's my thoughts on this episode. <laughs> I saw this Pretty thing and fair. I was like, that could have been the season finale because everything kind of comes to a head in this episode and mm-hmm. it kind of builds up and then just explodes and goes completely crazy. Mm-hmm. Like a mid-season finale. Yeah, yeah, like a mid-season finale, which is exactly what it is. <laughs> you know, episode four of eight, so mid-season finale form with no breaks and every episode available to stream. So uh builds up quite nicely and definitely is one of the more explosive episodes of the season so far. I'd agree. We talked a little bit about how last week's episode really set up a lot of storylines. Uh and then this one sort of just like <laughs> slammed that book and was like, yes, we're going there. Right? It's like, oh, we set up storylines last episode. <laughs> Here's all of them finishing up. Boom. Well, not, not, not all finishing, of them, but, but pretty yeah, close. Like, yes. A lot of them have been resolved in some really great ways. So let's start with the crows. Because, I mean, that was one that at least the first part has ended before the next one begins. Yes, this um, storyline wraps up very nicely. Yeah, so I was when I was watching this, I was watching it with my partner, and uh, in this episode we see Kaz's plan sort of seems to unravel at first as he's giving out the assignments and everyone's spraying this myster- mysterious substance around, and uh, Alexis was like, what are they spraying? I don't know. What are they spraying? I don't know. <laughs> and we don't find out until a little bit later on that they're really spraying... Uh, something that's going to appear, make give symptoms like the pox that fire had, pox. yeah, firepox that had sort of ravaged uh, that community years prior, and in fact claimed Kaz's brother's life. And uh, <laughs> after, as you know, Kaz is giving the assignments, and they're going around spraying the stuff. Um, Kaz is then hit in the head by the heart render, and we're to assume that he's being taken to Pekka Rollins because she has decided to take Pekka Rollins up on his deal. Immediately called it to uh, Alexis, though. I was like, this is all part oh, of his plan. 100%. <laughs> he knew. Uh-huh. And uh, it, they did, I think they did a really nice job of really, of holding the information back. So you were sitting there asking questions, but I also think they gave you the backstory just a little too soon. Yeah, I thought that it was painfully obvious that she did not actually betray Kaz and the crew. I thought that, Mm -hmm. like you said, you see Nina kind of debating with Kaz throughout the episode about the merit of Pekka's offer. 
And so you know, mm-hmm. like, almost instantly that this is all a ruse to get Pekka to let his guard down. And to let Kaz close enough to use his real weapon, which is the knowledge that he possesses, against Pekka. Yeah, and I like in this episode that uh, Kaz never really stooped down to Pekka's level. Right, right. You know, he didn't kill... He didn't kill him. He really just sort of was like, I want you to say my brother's name, who you ran this con on, who you ruined and ended up killing. And Peck is just like, I don't know. Yeah, he's like, I can't. I'm sorry. He was just another another barrel Pigeon. rat. Yeah. They, I think he called them pigeons. Yeah, little pigeon. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but you, you did definitely call the relationship there between Kaz and him and I still think it would have been interesting if he had sort of taken Kaz under his wing and had done something with that. But also, I don't know. I I, I want to rewatch the first season now because I want to see if there were hints of this animosity between Kaz and Pekka, which Pekka has no idea about. <laughs> right. So I do remember that in season one, there was that brief flashback scene of Kaz laying on, like, a pile of dead bodies, including his brother. But I don't remember if, like, that was a vision he got as he was, like, staring Pekka down or as he was talking about him or something like that. So I'm I'm right there with you. I think re-watching season one for when we cover it on here <laughs> will be a good, uh, a good coverage, a uh, little re-education nice. with the show. Yeah, good opportunity to make connections. Yes, exactly. Uh... In this episode, we see all the different crew members taking over their responsibilities, and we have a sort of a tender moment, <laughs> as tender as it can be, I suppose, between Inej and Kaz, where, you know, Inej is like, I'll be there, and Kaz is just like, if it goes sideways, I want you to just, you know, leave and, you know, get your brother and just don't come back, promise me. And she's like, oh, I'm going to promise you that Pekka is going to die screaming. Yeah. And Inej never shows up. Uh, when she's doing her mission, she sees some indentureds who were smuggled, and she's frees them. What were your thoughts on his Kaz's response to her? Because she shows up after everything's gone down, after Pekka got arrested, and he had signed basically that he had kill, <laughs> killed those people, uh, and that and freed Inej. Um, what were your thoughts on Kaz's response to Inej not being there? So I thought that they were, it was completely overblown. And I think that it was done so with a purpose. That mm-hmm. I think that Kaz was being a little dramatic and trying to scare her away, trying to get her out of this life, trying to give her her best possible future. I don't even, I don't think it's just that either. I think, too, he just witnessed how having a loved one can take someone down. Mm. Yeah, how it right. took Pekka and put him to his knees in front of him and him realizing that Inej is that person for him. And so he's like, I can't have you around. And he's using this as a reason to do that. Do I think Inej is going to fall for it? Nope. You know, she's going to She's way too smart for that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, that's going to lead into their next adventure when uh, we have them going after the sword. This fabled sword. So before we get into that, I want to talk about how Kaz played Pekka really quick with Albie. Go for it. Um, And I just want to put out out there that as 
as heartless as Kaz tries to appear, he definitely mm-hmm. does have a heart. And there was no oh, yeah, way definitely. he was actually going to bury this kid alive. But oh, no. he was able to bluff Pekka Silly so that he believed him and then granted him the mercy of seeing that his son was safe before he was dragged off to whatever prison he's heading to. But yeah, you're 100% absolutely. right there, Mike, because he saw what just mentioning the name of your loved one can do to you, how it puts you at the complete mercy of someone else. And if Kaz is going to try to step up as the next boss of Ketterdam, he did not want his weakness, which is a Nege, to be available to anybody. He chose to exercise that weakness himself and forego any feelings he has for her. But like you just said, I'm right there with you. Inej is not going to be so easily dissuaded. She is her own person and she will not fall for Kaz's BS. No. Uh, and one last little thing, too, is we finally get... Wylan and <laughs> Jesper. <laughs> yes. We finally get Wylan and Jesper and them admitting their feelings, basically, in their own ways to each other. And that was kind of sweet. My Alexis was not a fan. She thinks Wylan looks too young. I was going to say it was like, incredibly awkward, I thought, because of how like shy and innocent Wylan plays it. And I know. Yes. But, I mean, he's not, like, he honestly isn't that young. It's just, if he had, like, a little bit of facial scruff, I think we'd all be like, oh, yeah, he's older. But, uh, then again, I can't really imagine <laughs> with facial scruff. No, either. he looks like, but, it looks like uh, Jesper's robbing the cradle. It really does. <laughs> okay, anyway, uh, so they their next thing going forward, though, is they are going to be helping out the sum, 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 Sun Summoner, Alina Starkov, <laughs> to find this mythical sword that apparently cuts through shadow. I mean, It'll honestly, be interesting to see what that. What is. are your thoughts on this sword even existing? First of all, well, it's going to exist. Oh yeah, it's going or to. something is. Maybe it's a warrior or some kind of fighting technique they're going to learn. I don't know. I think it'll have some significance to Inej when she inevitably pops up in there. So I'm interested to see kind of how this overlaps. And we've seen that, like, I mean, they were uh, Alina and Mel were saying. Well, Mel was saying was that. You know, if all the, these other fables are real, then right. this is probably real, too. No, so like, what I was more so getting at is, like, what are your thoughts about there being this mythical light sword that is going to be able to cut through shadow monsters when the Sun Summoner's light cannot even do that? I don't know. I have no idea. Because this is kind of going in a different direction. Mm-hmm. We've seen amplifiers. We've seen Grisha. But there should be items in this world that combat. Right, that non-Grisha can use. Yeah. To like be and effective against this... a, a war with a shadow wielder like the Darkling. Yeah, because he can't just go unopposed. You know what I mean? There has to be some kind of counter power there and for however many so years. So what I'm curious about is if either the Darkling or his mother were th- was the reason that this weapon was created. Because you got to realize that Bagra mm. is immortal as well. So, like, the fact oh, yeah. that she's been around for who knows how long, and it seems like she had a villainous side and then turned away from it, whereas the Darkling yeah. is fully embracing that villain side. So I'm wondering if this, like, lightning sword was created to, like, combat her or combat the Darkling. Or her dad. Yeah, or her ancestors. Or, yeah. or his dad. Sorry, his dad. Mm. We've never heard about his father. Very true. 
So I would be very interested to see, you know, and they don't, they make a point not to mention him Mm. even briefly. I like this theory a lot. So I'm interested to see kind of where that goes too. Now let's actually jump over to Bagra and sort of the Darklings Mm storyline because I think uh, we didn't get any of the Fjordan. That's going to be wrapping up probably in the next episode or two. I also do have some information to share about that. I'm just going to insert it right here really quick. So I made a mistake when we were covering this series earlier on and here when I said that the Fjordan and the Heartrender were a separate book. Apparently, Mm -hmm. they're not. Apparently, that's an entirely different, like, sequel duology. The Fjordan and the Heartrender are actually a part of the Crows duology, which I was Mm. informed by my wife's friend who has read the entire Grishaverse so far. (laughs) And she was careful not to spoil anything, but did correct me in that. So I wanted to make sure I passed that on. Good. That's good to know. Glad we have that information. (laughs) Uh, But anywho, let's get over to the Darkling there. And in this episode, we see one of the alchemists, Grisha alchemists, uh, the one who is been helping out the darkling taking the bleached and dried bones of bagra and turning him into a powder injecting it into his hand and feeling that power and saying like basically talking because she's like that's an abomination what you're doing and he's like everyone would want a piece of your power (laughs) and i think that's kind of an interesting little maybe foreshadowing in some sense i don't know but entirely amplified army Using mm-hmm. Bagra's bones. Yeah. So it it's definitely something that could bring, you know, bring a different element to this. Still want an explanation on how her bones can be used to amplify when she wasn't killed. So here's, so that's here's what of, I settled on. Okay. So the Darkling himself isn't just immortal. He is a living amplifier. Oh, that's right. They did say that in the first yes. season. So I'm wondering if his mom is the same way. And her bone is a natural amplifier and can be used independently of her death. Interesting. Also, too, just throwing this out here. I wonder if the Darklings lived so many centuries, how hasn't he not produced offspring? You know, those uh, middle-aged contraceptives? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Just a thought there. But anyway, Gina, uh, Jinya and... Uh, Jinya and Bagra, Bagra escape. You're, escape. You're calling that the whole time. Yeah. They're going to be a separate plot line now, probably trying to get to Alina. So that'll be interesting. Now, let's talk about Alina and Mel. Because as we kind of alluded to earlier is uh, Alina did, in fact, her and Sturmhond tied Got a, engaged. Not on yeah. it. Yeah, his brother is a jerk and thankfully dies at the end <laughs> yeah. of this episode. He tries to like lure creep. Alina to his side and be like, hey, don't marry my brother. Marry me. I'm a creep. Yes. After having Mel basically kidnapped yeah. by yeah. the army. Like, what a jerk. And um, and uh, Sturmhan's mom, the queen, is also not a fan of Alina. No, no. He, she's not. Yeah. Whatever. But we also find it out that matter. Sturmhan might be a bastard. And uh, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, don't, I'll deny it, but no worries, I'm going to be king now. Well, yeah, he is going to be king, but <laughs> at what cost? Right. right. Uh, his brother did die because, spoiler, well, not even a spoiler, the Darkling finally links up after David shows up uh, and warns 
everyone that there's well warns Lena that they have a him and um, him and Alina have a connection. Yes, and so I'm wondering if David's going to end up dying now because he is in a holding cell. He's in a holding cell, uh, but he's also kind of like kept away from this entire conflict that's going on. Yeah, I'm thinking he probably won't die because we're going to like have him be useful to Alina now that she will semi trust him because of yeah. him warning her about that connection and everything. And we f- we also see too because the Darkling does appear to Alina two times. Yes, one it's just a vision, right? She's like she thinks he's there and shoots her light spear through his visional vision body, and uh, we finally see this because someone walks in and he's not there, but she thinks he, he is. Excuse and you can me. see her body and, being affected by his touch, yes. even though he's not actually there. Correct. And we've gone from a love triangle between Sturmond, Mel, and <laughs> Alina to a love square. Love so. <laughs> it's not, much more interesting now. Yes. yes. The most direct and the Darkling is still there because he makes it clear that he still has feelings for Alina. Mm. And he just wants to protect her. And yeah, whatever. It's, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's messed up. <laughs> Very messed up. Uh, but anyway, as I was saying before, David sort of comes in warns that you know he's going to like he's super powerful he's has these they're called nothing it's yeah it was translated yeah these shadowy figures that appear and they have no heartbeat nor like you can't do anything to them they a gunfire nothing affects them and as we learned that is true except when they're holding something like a someone's body they make themselves solid when they're holding someone's yes they make themselves solid and that's when they're kind of weak um so I want to talk about this uh, this attack yeah. really quick because yeah, first of all, it. I just want to say that this was pretty cool. But how big of a punk does Alina look like right now? Because she couldn't protect herself, she couldn't protect the other Grisha, she couldn't protect the mm-hmm. Lansoffs, she couldn't protect anybody there at her engagement party to Stormhunt. And she decides to run away instead of staying and fighting and doing anything of value here. And apparently this second amplifier didn't actually make her more strong. It just made her chaotic and less predictable and not able to really control her powers in a meaningful way. Because she's been useless since she's added that amplifier on. Oh, agreed. And it kind of makes sense. The stag was very, like... When we think about these different creatures' characteristics, it matches with how kind of it's impacted her. The stag was steadfast and like it immediately clicked with her and very calm and you know, so she was able to really use that power. The sea whip, just like its name, sort of makes you visualize, was chaotic. And so that's kind of having the effect. And so that's why I'm really interested with the firebird, because I think it will be one that clicks with her and sort of rebirths her in a sense. And it wouldn't surprise me too if her adding that adds back maybe a piece of the stag to her as well. So I do want to throw out something that she did say here. She said that she feels more powerful now, but she does feel the lack of the third amplifier. And so what I'm wondering Mm -hmm. is if exactly what you said, if once she gets the third amplifier, it will kind of mellow her out and make everything that much more complete 
where she will be more powerful, but she'll also gain some of that control back that she lost by adding on the Sea Whip amplifier. Yeah, it'll be it'll definitely be interesting to see how that sort of plays out. Um, we do have a final conference, like we finally get a confrontation between Alina and the Darkling at the very end, and she does she is able to hit him, and I thought that was interesting. It was it because his little shadow thing was just starting to get become visible because he was reaching for her not quite sure but there was definitely impact there yes and then the shadow monster decided to go like rah 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 i'm coming to get you rogue yeah well yeah because i think when she did that to the shadow monster it it hurt him impacted him yes which is really interesting she also made a comment which i thought was kind of (laughs) stupid to mel before he got kidnapped um and that she was like, he's got these shadow monsters. I need light monsters. I know. I was like, oh, my God. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, too, when she's training with some of the other Grisha, she's like, I need to learn the cut. And they're like, that's his way of doing things. That's not going to be. Your own that way. doesn't yeah. need to be yours. Yeah. And so then she makes like a light spear, basically, which ends up cutting. But it's sort of showing that she is not that much different from him. Exactly. I think that's the point of it all is to mm-hmm. try to make it so that she is starting to lean more towards the Darkling side and being mm-hmm. this, like, this weapon that is there to protect Grisha and not to be used by others. So I just think that she's becoming more and more dark, more and more unpredictable, and you see, like, her decision-making isn't the greatest right now. Like, she decides at her engagement party to go make out with Mal in the corner where everyone can see, basically. And, or right before the, the Yeah, ceremony. which is how how he ends up getting kidnapped. Right, right. And I was just like, are you dumb? Like, what are you doing right now? But, yeah, definitely not making the best choices. No, not at all. I'm interested to see next episode. We know that the one crew is going after the sword. So she is going to be definitely going after the firebird. The firebird. Is she going to realize Mal is kidnapped or not? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that kind of falls out. I'm already going to predict it now that she's going to blame Sturmhan for taking Mal. Yep. She, you know, there's going to be some kind of conflict between the Lansoff family and her. Uh, whether they blame her for abandoning them. And whether she yeah. says, I abandoned you. You kidnapped my best friend. Like, what's up? So there's going to be some tension going on between all of them. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So I am going to be interested to see how Bagra and Jenya sort of meld into all this because Jenya is like, I'm going to kill someone. Well, I also want to see. Her face is is very much a mirror to... Towards the Darklings, which is really interesting. I also want to see, talking about like things that are coming up here... I want to see if the Darkling is going to say, this is my base now, or or is he going to leave and give it back now that Alina has left? I think he's going to claim it, probably. Yeah. If he had, because he brought all the Grisha with him. Right. Like, they say that they surrounded their little base there, so, like, are they going to even stand a chance of, like, Alina and her Grisha, are they going to even have a chance to go find the Firebird, or are they going to have to fight their way out to freedom and then realize they need the firebird amplifier to take back everything. 
It's going to be interesting to see kind of that decision making as we go into the next episode. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited. The thing with the thing with having so much action in these episodes is it does sort of shorten the amount we get to talk about because there's just so much, you know, fighting and stuff that takes up the time where we would be like, oh, this storyline and this storyline <laughs> had this happen. Like this was a very much resolution to a lot of it, at least this first half. And there's some new ones, some new threads we're going to be going into here. Heartrender and Fjordan. That's one thread. Not a major one, but one thread. And Nej and the crew and them going after the sword. <laughs> Another one. Uh, we are going to be definitely going into Shu territory oh, as well. Oh, Shuhan? Oh, yeah, 100%. Shuhan. And I'm pretty sure that we're going to have both the group going after the sword and the Firebird group meet. I think that's inevitable. So I am going to change but. my prediction that the Firebird's going to be in Fyrda if the sword is definitely in Shuhan. That way there's something from everywhere involved. But mm. we'll see. Who knows? Maybe I still don't hate my or thought last time where oh, the wolf, they secret might find wolf, a uh, one. That'd be cool. A, a wolf one. Yeah, that would be pretty interesting. Who knows? So. Maybe the Fjordin will, after they get him out of prison, turn it around and help Alina find the other one. I don't know. We'll see. If we've learned anything about these relationships, I rolled my eyes forever. <laughs> I can't see. Poor Dylan's just like, it wasn't a dumb idea. It wasn't a dumb theory. Your theory wasn't dumb. I'm just rolling my eyes because every time we're like, oh yeah, they're finally together. It's like, nope. There's going to be kidding. some drama. Yeah. Some drama. Like, now he's going to be like, I cannot be with you because of my god. Just gonna be like, but, but I freed you. Leave now, or else I'll kill you. I'll eat you as a wolf in sacrifice. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Well, we're gonna get out of here though, and I'll just yeah. end it on saying that we're excited to see what this back half <laughs> of Shadow and Bone season two brings. Um, but let us know your thoughts on the first half of the season. Are you enjoying it? Are you wanting more action? Do you think it's too rushed? Just let us know what you think. All right, but with all of that being said, this is going to be Two Nerds signing off. See ya. Bagra's the best. Bye.